are some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys with Mark Willard and Joe Shasky on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. All right, here we go. Next episode, Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys. And you can hear it, Joe, in my voice. I was at Wrigley this weekend. I might not have really lost the voice at Wrigley. It might have been at Soldier. But I was at Wrigley, and we'll have some thoughts, including what one vendor told me about Giants fans while I was inside Wrigley Field. But uh, upon leaving at Wrigley, big home run from Wilmer Flores. Yeah. And on his way to the plane is a contract extension. So what do you think? Well, look, I think the initial snapback for a lot of fans is going to be, well, you're bringing back another old guy. And, and and my kickback to that would be like, he's only making like $7 million a year or whatever yeah. it is, right? And that's number one. And number two, like he's a role player on a team next year. That's what the hope is. This year, he's been forced and miscast into being an everyday player. And he's top five in like every category. Batting average, runs batted in, runs scored, uh, home runs. Like he's been a great giant this year. But like... Like, I don't have any grandiose opinions of him being an everyday guy. He needs to be a once in a blue moon kind of a guy. And that's how this one works. But if you think he's going to play every day and you want to get triggered, I understand. Well, here's the thing about Wilmer. I only have one concern, which I'll, I'll hold for just a second. But the bottom line is this guy is a very useful baseball player exactly i mean not only is he very good at the plate he's been a consistent stick for the entire time that he's been a giant um but you can move him all over the field uh even though he doesn't necessarily play great in any of those positions he can play mediocre at many positions and so that's that's a useful thing here's my concern about wilmer flores what's that the shift goes away and with the shift going away you are now, as a middle infielder, asked to cover more ground. Yeah. I am not comfortable with Wilmer Flores at second base next year. Now, if you're going to tell me that what Wilmer's extension means is that you're not picking up Longoria's option and Wilmer and VR split third base next year um, and you'll spot play Wilmer over at first, I can wrap my head around that. But if you're keeping Longo and Wilmer's going to be a big option for you at second base, I have defensive concerns. No, that's a total great nuance that you picked up on because that was something that was approved between now and, or I guess today in the last episode that we had was that they're going to have bigger bases, so slightly less distance between each base, making hopefully more action on the base pass, but also we're eliminating the shift. You got to be inside the outfield grass, two guys on the left of second, two guys on the right of second. Totally fair because he does not play second base well and he can't throw. I mean, he literally cannot throw outside of like lobbing a rainbow over to first base. I just think that maybe first base, DH, occasionally at third, that's his spot next year. Just my estimation. But you're right. If they're going to play him at second base, they're in for a heap of trouble. Well, again, he's a very useful player, and so uh, I love that he's back. Me too. But now my next question is, okay, what's your plan for him? And I would think if this is going to be the first move, if you will, of this upcoming offseason, which we all agree is a monster – then I would think the Giants aren't just saying, oh, you know, we like Wilmer, let's have him back. Like, (laughs) there's got to be a plan there. And and if Farhan's going to say, and he has, that he wants more everyday players next year, then this is immediately interesting because your infield 
is filling up really, really fast. I mean, you could say maybe they're signing him and saying, look, useful tool, DH, first baseman against a left-hander. Yeah. That's our guy, right? Darren Ruff is mm-hmm. gone. Mm-hmm. Although there's still J.D. Davis. We'll see if he's on the team next year. But if that's their plan, then again, okay, I can nod my I, I, nod my head to that, mm-hmm. absolutely. But if you want everyday players – your infield in many ways is already kind of filling up without everyday players, yeah. unless you're going to count Brandon Crawford as one of those guys at shortstop third base is VR there is Longo there. We don't know. Tyro Estrada is going to play some second base. I'll, I'll, I'll throw something Lestella related at you here in a second, but I was just going to bring right, him up right-handed first baseman. Um, okay. But, like you're running out of positions already yeah. for these everyday players you supposedly want. Well, I think the Listella thing I thought of instantly, and I was like, does this mean they're buying him out? Like that's that's what I was thinking because I do think they have a heap load of money. And to me, you need to say sayonara to Tommy Listella. Yeah. I think he's played six games in the field this year. He's been a DH for them. He cannot be a DH moving forward. I, I get it for this year trying to squeeze the dollar. Like I understand that. I'd have a tough time paying him twelve million dollars as well. But like he's got to go. The other thing that I was thinking about, let's just say hypothetically. You do sign someone who takes up one of these spots, third base, first base, second or whatever, and Wilmer's not in the cards. Wilmer is still a desirable contract at $7 million that a team like Seattle or a team like the Mets or whatever, one of these contending teams, they could use him. I think there's a market inefficiency in terms of his salary being reduced that he is still desirable if maybe he isn't with this team through the remainder of the two years. Right. And remember, it's a mutual option even for a third year. So yes. like I hear that. And and so therefore, yes, it is. It's a tradable piece. But I don't think the Giants are doing this unless they envision no, them actually being on the team. Right. Because yeah. we know how hesitant they are to give out multi-year deals, even if it's just two, yeah. two slash three in this particular case. But they're doing it because they envision them on the team. So it's an interesting window into what comes next, because. That's what we're all watching. We want to know what are you spending? Yeah. How are you spending it? Are you efforting everyday players? And and this move to me is at least step one in that your everyday players may mostly need to come in the outfield. And if you're asking for three, four, or five of them, as Farhan said, I mean, are you going to count Joey Bart and Brandon Crawford as the first two? Because if you are, that's, that's not really satisfying, yeah. I think, what people were talking about. You know, I, I've, I've been thinking long and hard about Brandon Crawford um, playing shortstop for this team next year. I got a feeling he might walk away. I really do. Mm. I know that sounds crazy. I, I, think he's, I think he's had a tough year this year. I could see it wearing on him. Believe me, I know, Mark. There's money waiting That's for him. That's a lot of money that he'd be I walking know. away from. But he's got a lot of pride, and I think he's already got a lot of career accomplishments. He's clearly got his family in another state. It's just something that I've been thinking of. I didn't see the Buster thing coming. I'm not saying that I have any feel on this whatsoever. I have no insights. There's no one telling me anything. I was just watching him over the weekend, and I'm saying, you know, it would be a Crawford kind of a thing to not tell anyone and walk away with Brandon Belt this year, like together, the two of them. And maybe I'm way off on that. I was just thinking about that over the weekend as I was watching him take at-bats. Yeah, we're looking at $16 million, essentially, that Brandon would just be up and and walking away from, which is, um, that's a lot of money. Um, That's obviously a lot of money. And so, 
Um, that would surprise me. The other thing, it though, would. that's Crawford-related and interesting, uh, two of the things that Susan Slusser most recently wrote about were uh, potentially bringing Longo back. More on that in just a second. But the other one was she asked Gabe Kapler about Brandon Crawford potentially switching positions. Oh. Because, again, are you are you talking about is Longo not back? Could you be a left-handed second baseman instead of Listella? And obviously it would open the door for signing a free agent at shortstop where there are some very, very interesting players. And, and Gabe's answer was not definitive, and, 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 but, but also not dismissive. Yeah. Not dismissive of the idea, respectful in that if, if you know, he started with, look, Brandon's a shortstop, um, but also said toward the end of a career is when that stuff starts to come into play. And it would need to some degree come from Brandon or be endorsed by Brandon. And so, you know, it was it was an answer that was not definitive, but again, did not take it off the table. I guess the question, though, it sounded like needed to be asked of Brandon before it's asked of the organization. Well, and I think that it's unfair for Kapler to be the one to have to have that conversation with him. To me, it's a Farhan conversation. That's why Farhan was brought in, was to kind of like, hey, day one of the Kapler era, we're subbing you out, Crawford. Remember that? And and people lost their minds in that seventh inning. That was multiple years ago. It's interesting that you bring up the position change. If he does have plans on playing into the future, he's got to have the self-awareness to realize, and I get it, Derek Jeter played shortstop his whole career, and Ozzie Smith, those guys are few and far between. The majority, Omar Vizquel, Cal Ripken, Alex Rodriguez, these are the greats of the greats who won gold gloves. They all move positions. Omar moved to second base, A-Rod and Cal Ripken moved to third base, and with the shift... And with the shift in play now, maybe there's a little like, hey, I know you got 16 million here, but you could play another three or four years being a platooner at second base. Listen, yeah, I don't see third base. No, not at all. I actually just imagine it. Take everybody who's listening to us. Take a moment. Visualize Brandon Crawford somewhere other than shortstop. Third base, that feels awkward to it me. It does. And, and, and they've got a lot going on over there between potentially Longo, VR, Flores. Does Casey Schmidt make an appearance next year? <laughs> There's a lot yeah. going on there. But could I platoon Crawford and Estrada at second base? You're not going to get anything worse at second base right? than Listella from Crawford. Uh, again, and it doesn't feel like the idiosyncrasies of the position at second are that crazy no. different from shortstop. It's a shorter throw, less range is needed, which is where his body is going right now. It's interesting. It's not it off the table to me at all. Well, I'm with you on this, and I keep going back, and I know we're going to get to Longoria in a second. This is why Farhan's here. Like, that was the beginning. We, we, I know we've gotten a little muddied, and they had a great year last year, and I, I'm not taking any of that away from them. But initially, the job was we've got to have some hard conversations with some of our fan favorites, whether it was Mad Bum, Cueto, like all these guys we were going to phase out. This is part of the job. Right. Absolutely. So um, I wonder what sort of creative conversations they're having there, uh, because what what we do know is at least the effort is not going to be platoon here, platoon there, platoon everywhere next year. And so with Flores in the fold, it it, it leads to how is the rest of the infield puzzle going to figure out? And I'm with you. 
I don't think Tommy LaStella is on the team next year. I think they're already showing their hand exactly. in terms of how much they're not using him here down the stretch. Absolutely. And it's refreshing. I'm like, great. I, okay. Yeah. I understand why you did, but now let's turn the page and let's stop wasting that bats. The last thing I'll say about this, when it comes to Crawford switching positions, second base, whatever, it's just, they need to shake things up. And the way free agency is right now, you cannot guarantee that all these outfielders, there's only a couple of them out there. Aaron judge being one of the big ones. They might not hit free agency. They might not want to come to you. Now there are five guys at shortstop, not, not the burger joint, five guys coming out of shortstop, Tim Anderson, yeah. Bogarts. Yeah. Like, you know, all the names, Correa, Trey and so yeah. And so to me, like, that's why this is a conversation. If there was only one or two guys coming out in free agency, I'd say, you know, you're probably not going to have to turn that stone over. But because you have a legitimate chance to get one of these five guys and you need youth, that's why I think this is a realistic conversation. Well, I also think that the Giants have turned their back on the defense, uh, the defensive side of second base for three years now. Good point. And, uh, Good and, point. and that was because the shift was there and you didn't need to cover very much ground. You had people flanking your left and right shoulder. Yeah. And now you need a better athlete at second base. No Donovan Solano, no Wilmer Flores. <laughs> Even Tyro has been questionable. I'd love Brandon Crawford's glove over at second base. I think that would be fantastic. Me too. Yeah, yeah. And, so and then him turning two, this is the other thing. Jeff Kent, I think, had an underrated strong arm turning two. Uh, can you imagine Crawford coming across that bag yeah, to turn yeah, yeah. two? I mean, he's yeah. such a bigger body, and he's thicker, and he's got such a great arm. I mean, it, I think he'd be a perfect fit there. Yeah, yeah. So that's one to watch for sure. It's Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys with Joe Shasky, Mark Willard. Two episodes a week. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss one. All right, let's continue with the Longoria conversation. And where are you on this? Mm -hmm. And just to set the table, um, Levin Longoria next year has a $5 million buyout and essentially a $13 million contract. And it is a team option. So they can pick it up, but they're paying at least five either way, which essentially means if you want him, it's another eight. Do you want Evan Longoria on a pitch count on your roster next year for eight million bucks? I feel like I've done the full 360 of emotions on Longoria. Right, like right? he sucks me back in and I'm like, you know, he's, he's not that bad when he's out there. He's a good ball player. Couple of hits yesterday. And I'm like, I just, but I know he's going to get hurt and you got to get younger. Like right. that's the thing that frustrates me. And I know that they're going to say, Hey, he's going to be a role player. They have to turn the page. I, I, it's hard for me to say, cause he does give you good at bats. He does. He is a good defensive player. Although he booted one the other night. They've, they've got to just turn the page. They just, they have to, if for nothing other than to make the average age of the infield slightly younger. <laughs> so, Here's what you're, you're spot on with regard to going round and round and full circle. There's probably no other day in the last year and a half where I would have said I'm open to keeping Evan Longoria, but suddenly today is the first and, 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 and here's why. Okay. What Gabe talked about was doing something with Evan next year, like what they did with Buster Posey last year. Mm. which is a very disciplined approach to when he plays and when he doesn't, because there is no doubt he does not have 140 plus games in those legs. Absolutely. He just, he does not. So if you're playing at third base and remember Luciano kind of looms here too, 
But if your plan at third base for right now is we want VR, we want to be open to Casey Schmidt being on the left side mm-hmm. of this infield, and we're also bolstered by the presence of Wilmer Flores. Yes. So therefore, you're really only asking for Evan Longoria to play over there. I mean, really not much more than half the games. If I said, hey, Evan, we want 95 games starting at third base, and we're going to be disciplined with when we pick those to optimize your health because he would also be a presence for those young left side of the infield players coming up, VR, maybe Schmidt, maybe even Luciano by the end of the year. It's not a horrible idea. No, it isn't. But it has to be paired with boppers. Yes. You got to get, if you do that, then yes, I need that shortstop or I need that left fielder or I need that right fielder. Agreed. I do not, Longo cannot be in the middle of this order. Um, but if it's paired with a few different things, I can see it making sense for 8 million bucks. Oh God, I wish they could map. It's so hard, but I wish they could map it up. You told me, Joe, he'll play 90 games and he's going to be fresh towards September. I'd be like, sign me up. I would. I'd be like, sign me up. Also, you do need to have some veterans in the in the clubhouse. I think that's something we don't talk enough about. You do. And I know Wilmer's a veteran, but Wilmer barely speaks English. They need a couple of English speaking guys in that dugout. If for no other reason, but to man the media, you know, because there's a lot of media um, yep. requests that are going on i think the average fan doesn't understand some of those nuances and so it is good to have someone like evan longoria in there but where's will wilson at where is this guy you're talking about casey where is he gonna be at where's luciano at because luciano they say shortstop then i also see hey maybe he gets moved to third maybe he goes to right field you know can longo play a little first base right there's lots of questions that i have with this one i'd like to see him as a dh every now and then yeah like maybe a day or two Sure. Right. A day or two in the field more at DH. And I know his own pride got in the way over that over time. But anyway, my, my point being is I, I hear you for eight million bucks. And again, Joe, he plays 90 games and his legs are fresh in September. Sign me up. I just don't know if it could work out. Right, right, right. I will say this, though, you know, similar to what we saw with Joey Bart, where Joey came up and then he went back down and then he came back up. and He's a different player, by the way, being at Wrigley on Saturday. That was a bomb, an absolute bomb. But VR has come back up and has gotten pretty interesting as well. And I think that that might be why I'm starting to evolve my Longoria opinion, because the idea before was, do you want Longo as your third baseman? And I'm like, no, I don't want Longo as my third baseman. Do you want Longo as your part-time third baseman slash, um, you know, VR, Casey Schmidt, elder statesman now i'm interested yeah and david vr has looked so much better coming back up so much more comfortable and 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 that makes sense after your first trip up are you gonna feel a little bit better the next time and he became a personal favorite i gotta share a quick story yeah give so it to my me. buddy buddies and i have a a home run pool at this game on saturday and uh and all the draft picks got made and me and my buddy were the last two to get a pick and i had either vr or bart and I went with VR, and my la- my other buddy's like, all right, I- I'm stuck with Joey Bart. He was the last one to the show. He gets there, and Joey Bart right away puts one three-quarters of the way up the bleachers in Wrigley, and so he's squawking. He's squawking. And we're all like a bunch of dudes. We're squawking at each other. And so he is just like, 
He's the guy in our group who always, you know, like it's easy to get under his skin, but he's got it. He's got it. Joey's homered. Nobody else is homered. It's the eighth inning, and another one of my group leans forward and whispers in my ear as VR is coming to the plate. He goes, it would be so bananas if this guy hits a home run right now. My, our guy John's going to lose his mind if VR hits a home right now. And I go, I know. And Joe, it's off a right-hander. I'm like, he's not supposed to. Right, he's had two at-bats against the yeah. left. He had just flown out. Righty comes up, and VR just tanks the thing right over the basket in left field. And I'm like, dude, you're an instant hero. You are – like, I will never, ever forget that moment for David VR, even though it seemed like nothing, turned a 4-2 game into a 5-2 game. My group was going bananas. I love it. Bananas at Wrigley Field when that ball left. So I am big on David VR right now, and I want him to have – at this point, I think it's fair to say give him a pretty sizable role uh, or at least set up the the, the, yeah. the path for him to have that next year. Well, I think one of the biggest frustrations Giants have, Giants fans have is like, even if you go back to the Bochy era, like Mac Williamson, he'll play a day, sit for three or four days. And it felt like those guys, those young players, they didn't get the leash that they needed to fail or succeed. VR comes up, eh, you know, it didn't look great. Goes back down, comes back. Here's what he did the last week. He's eight for 24, four runs, three homers, five RBIs, two walks. He's slugging almost 800, right? Now, I don't know if it's sustainable. He hit two home runs in one game, but I love what I'm seeing in terms of plate presence, discipline, his ability to drive the ball the other way. Like, why not? I've been dying for a young infielder yep. to showcase themselves. Let's see it. And I hope this guy finishes the season on a high note. It's one of the only things as a Giants fan, I think you really need to watch because the other thing to remember about VR is he's played very well consistently now for a while, but this is not someone who was supposed to be the guy Schmidt. Luciano, that's supposed to be the left side of your infield. VR was not. He's a party crasher. He can play second base as well. He's definitely a DH candidate. He's got mm -hmm. enough of a stick to do that. He's an extra base hit machine when he's hitting the ball well. So that's the kind of piece and, and a young player and a new name and all of that that I think the Giants need to be really open to having a role next year. And, and guess what? He actually can run the bases. Yeah, yeah, mean, yeah. What a novel concept. What a thought. What a thought. Um, I love it. Garlic fries and baseball guys with Joe Mark Willard, Braves in town. Um, much to, uh, to discuss on that. Um, but also uh, a few other interesting things to get into, including uh, stories of Wrigley and another bullpen defection. So all of that's still ahead. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. Do not miss one of our two episodes that come at you every single week. All right, real quick while we're talking about being at Wrigley, I do want to say this. I know that the 49ers drove the bus as far as this Bay Area invasion of Chicago over the weekend, but I got to share that a, a vendor came by and uh, we bought a few Bud Lights and, uh, and he, and wait, he looked wait, at they, us. The vendor came to you? Oh, yeah. We, we don't have beer people walking around anymore. Let me tell you, but Soldier Field sure doesn't. Oh, I, really? went, I went foodless at soldier and i think i got one beer and i don't even know where it came from one of my buddies went to go venture out found a vendor this is where you find the vendors at soldier field they're on the concourse they're oh, not where the great. people are 
They're That's cruising great. around in the concourse, which is so small, it's a complete gridlock. So the <laughs> vendors just park somewhere. They're just stand there on the concourse and wait for people to come to them. I'm like, this is the laziest thing I've ever seen so- at a sporting event. And I've seen a lot of lazy stuff. But I mean, I, like I was not impressed with the fan experience at Soldier Field at all. Really? Oh, well, God. So, so, like, take me through this. You're at Wrigley, and the guy has the big square box with, like, a million beers just standing on it with, like, totally. the he's got Yeah, really? he's got multiple kinds of beers. He's like, you want Bud? You want Bud Light? That's incredible. Like, we got tall cans here. And, by the way, 11 bucks a shot. Uh, 11 bucks a beer. That's I'm half like, off. 40, 44 <laughs> bucks. Let's get one for each of me and my friends here. Let's get this thing going. And so we start up a conversation, and he's like, I got to tell you, no matter what the standings are, man, you Giants fans, you show up every single year. Wow. And and, and that sticks in his mind as someone who had clearly been yeah. at the field for like, I don't know, he looked like he'd been there for about 106 years. Oh, so he was there crazy legs. I mean, he's got Albert Einstein's haircut, and, and, and he's just hanging there, and he's like, every year, every <laughs> year, you guys are here. I'm so impressed with all you Giants fans. So I didn't want to tell him is like, actually, most of us are here for the Niners. But yeah, 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 they show up every year. Well, I think that's one of the big misnomers. And I, and I argue with my my morning host, uh, Bonte, my partner, every single morning on this. I, I think that Giants fans are humongous and not just in Northern California, but throughout the country. And yeah, we're frustrated and pissed off. And we may not attend Oracle Park, which is the home park right now for the Giants. But on the road, whether it's Colorado, whether it's L.A., San Diego, whether it's Washington, they went to Washington earlier this year, Atlanta, Giants fans show up. And I turned on the television for the doubleheader in Milwaukee. Giants fans everywhere. Some of my buddies were out there. And then I turn on Friday afternoon, which was so cool, a Friday afternoon game in Wrigley. Super cool. Giants fans everywhere. Saturday, Giants fans everywhere. everywhere. Sunday night, Giants fans everywhere. And now, again, I know that the Bears played against the 49ers, so there's some crossover. But sure. don't tell me Giants fans don't support this team. They will, and they do, and they love their team. Well, let me tell you something about Giants fans who are at the Sunday night game. First of all, you are super elite, <laughs> not just good. elite. Because if you went to that Niner Bear game oh. and you still had enough energy and you had thawed out enough or dried <laughs> off enough to go to another sporting event later that day, my gosh, I applaud you. I would have bet every last dollar I had that that game was going to be rained out after what we saw at Soldier Field. For real. I don't know what Wrigley's got going on in the way of drainage, but whatever it is, it's it incredible. is impressive because yeah. that was a storm. I mean, that thing, Unreal. you watched it. It was intense. Wrigley Field's right down the few miles away, just taking it all afternoon ready to go for Sunday night baseball. Now I have to ask you, cause I've never been to Wrigley. All right. I've been to Fenway and it was one of the most glorious sporting events I've ever been to. I, I found it to be so nostalgic. It's so cool. I mean, it feels like you're walking back in time. Have you been to Wrigley before? And what is your impression of it now? Cause they've added a lot of different things to the stadium now. Yeah, no, I, I had been to Wrigley once before. Okay. Um, this was my second. I had better seats this time. So nice. I got like the, the, real sort of experience uh in in the you know home plate area and whatnot i mean just really impressed like such a great combo of a beautiful old style ballpark that has kept its old charm but also sort of the convenience and accessibility that you want 
in a modern ballpark. Easy for me to get to my to, to the restroom and back and not miss a pitch. That's crucial. Plenty of food options available. Nice. And this was on, you know, like a 40,000 full. Yeah, it looked packed. On Saturday afternoon. And, uh, and Giants fans took over Wrigley more than Niners fans took over Soldier. No question about really? that. The outcome was part of that for sure. But, but yeah, it was a really just fun vibe and, and space and, and just the whole thing. It feels like it's just all right there in front of you, the sight lines. Yeah. Unless you have one of those seats that's behind a pole, they still have those. <laughs> so as long as you don't end up there, I, I, I couldn't recommend it more. Well, and I just think of like Giants, Cubs to me, like nostalgia, 80s. Like that's what I think of, of me growing up loving Giants baseball, 87 playoffs. You know what I'm saying? 80 or to me, 89 playoffs. Like that's what I think of right off the rip. And so I, I just, I love everything about the Cubs, their old school uniforms, that stadium. What was the atmosphere like out like around the ballpark. Cause the one thing that I, I took away from when I went to Boston, and this is 15 years ago, yeah. they had these like parklets where everything was shut off around it. And it just felt like baseball festivals in front of the stadium I mean, where you're just drinking and hanging out and there's no cars. It was really awesome. So did they have that same kind of thing? Out mean, of Wrigley? It's, like it's almost more understood than it is sectioned off. It's just Wrigleyville. If you've never experienced Wrigleyville, you got to do it because the stadium just pours out onto the streets. Every other door is a bar or a restaurant. Some of them are obvious. Some of them are more hidden. Everybody there wants to host you. Oh, you know really? I mean, like, oh, yeah. Midwest hospitality. Chicago was so welcoming until halftime of the football <laughs> game. <laughs> and, then, and, then they, and then they were mad because they're like, Justin Fields sucks. And then you got to the second half, and then they wanted to just be like, they wanted to get everything off their chest and get back at everything they'd had to listen to for the previous two hours. But until then, man, yeah, the Wrigley vibe was very welcoming. And you can't, like, there's no direction from Wrigley Field where you can walk. You got to walk at least two blocks before you get to non-bars and cars wow but outside i mean you can go wherever you want in any direction after a game and it's just fan friendly and fun and and drink responsibly that's all i'll say let's let's also put this in perspective you're talking about the giants fans taking over the stadium they're having a horrible year. It's not just a bad year. I mean, it's for their standards, for what we thought they'd be better. I didn't expect them to win 107 again this year, but I thought they'd be closer to 90 <laughs> than where they're at right now. And yeah. to see the fans show up was just a reminder to me. Sometimes we got to step away from how frustrated and angry we are on social media and wow. realize Giants fans are going to support this team. They might be pissed. They might be angry, but they're going to show up. All you need is a look at the Cubs to know how bad it could be. Because yeah. let me tell you, you go through that lineup and we haven't heard of any of them either. No. They are also incredibly boring. And the difference is, as of 13 months ago, their roster was loaded with stars and they shipped them all out. And I can only imagine what our fan base yeah. would do if something like that happened here, three championships and never did they sell off. They resigned all of them with the fans request. It's a good point. And by the way, then got ripped for it very often because they had signed contracts that then got bloated and, and, and the players started to decline. 
The the other option is to do what the Cubs did, and let me tell you, that does not look like fun. Yeah, I know. I mean, we're lamenting about losing Madison Bumgarner from just a couple of years ago. They lost everyone, everyone. all at once. Everyone. I mean, it's it's been a big exit. And the crazy thing is none of those guys has performed really anywhere else. Either. Well, right. It doesn't necessarily look like it was the worst move. I just think it's a really hard thing. And maybe $11 beers. May, yeah, maybe $11 beers helps you out with this. <laughs> but it's a really like this is Chicago, San Francisco. These are top five, Amazing top six markets. markets. Yes. How can you be like, sorry, we can't afford players. But then, you know, like, as we all know, we've discussed so much. It's hundreds upon hundreds of dollars to take a family to a game. So yeah. this was a little bit more. It felt a little bit more affordable and, and whatnot. And so maybe that's why they get away with it. Or maybe their fan base is just so used to losing for so long. Once they won a World Series ring, they don't care. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what it is, but their experience to me was even worse than ours. Well, and, and the other thing is, is the, the Cardinals never have down years. They're rival. Like we're losing our minds about the Dodgers. Imagine being a Cubs fan and you're looking over and it feels like St. Louis is trading for or reloading consistently. It's, it's kind of crazy. One last thing before we get out of here, Pujols inching closer to 700. Does it do anything for you? Um, yeah, it does. And I didn't think it would until it got really close. Like he keeps, he keeps going and it's like, I mean, why not? Why, exactly. like, like, you know, I've never been a, a huge Pujols fan, nothing Me against either. him either, but, like, how can you as a baseball fan not get into this a little bit, this chase for 700? And a lot of people are like, is he going to play again? It's like, no, he's not going to play again. He's, like, 68 years old. He's the only athlete older than Tom Brady. And and and, But, you know, like, yeah, tons of fun to watch him go after this thing. I believe he's four away right now, and I'm expecting all these pitchers out there, groove them in. We want to see it. You want to see it. Be the Mike Bassick to his 700 and what is it, 56, whatever it was that Bonds hit off of, off of Bassick and be remembered forever. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, I got one thing for you before we go, too. Yeah. And literally, this just came to us. Our producer, Sam, just hit us with this. And, 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 it, and an extension of our conversation about Brandon Crawford from earlier. Here is the quote. We already know how Farhan Zadi recently said, quote, everything is on the table this winter, including going out and being aggressive at the top end of the free agent market. Bob Nightingale reports that they would, quote, love to go after a top end of the market shortstop if they don't sign Aaron Judge. So he is saying that they will be involved in Judge conversations, and if not, they absolutely want to be aggressive at the shortstop position despite a $16 million contract for Brandon Crawford next year. That's encouraging. Why does the pessimist in me say, why does it have to be either or? Why can't it be both? But I guess, hey, maybe maybe, maybe, Rodon maybe, is being, maybe Rodon's also being factored in there. I don't know. I don't know. I still feel very unlikely on Rodon at this moment, but maybe they're already doing the math. Like, we're going to try to keep Rodon, and hence we can't afford, you know, three bloated contracts. Well, like that. I, I don't even know if the Giants can use the phrase can't afford this offseason because, <laughs> yes, they can. Yes, they can. Yeah. Um, si se puede. Um, but anyway – I, I like I love this just because and again, yeah. until it's not talk, it's yeah. just talk. And so they got to go get some wins this offseason for sure. Um, but if you're if you're going if the message is every single top of the market position yeah. is on the table, whether it's Aaron, whether it's a shortstop, it just feels to me like what they're setting up is 
we are going for broke Good. in terms of going after big names. Yeah. How can that not excite you as a fan? My, my number two targets, if we're going to go shortstops, Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, 1A, 1B. Those are the two I would love to walk away with. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the picture oh, on no, the story no. is Carlos Correa. Yes. For whatever that's worth. I know. The picture oh, on the story the picture. is Carlos Correa. So uh, we'll see. To me, it's Trey Turner and then talk to me about everything else. Okay. Just because it's that one-two punch. Of, I do love You get him. a great player and you take it from your rival. That yeah, would be the best. That's a good point. And he's yeah. just a great ball player. I mean, yeah, he's, awesome. he's a well-rounded, great ball player. Giants yeah. fans have seen this guy. Stud defender. Always on base. Great base runner. Yeah, bring those smooth slides to yes. Giants social media. I'm I'm all in. Yeah, I've loved that. All right. Great stuff. Joe Shasky, Mark Willard, Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys, two episodes a week, which means we're coming at you midweek after the Braves series, and we'll talk to you then.